welcome listeners to the Radical Life Support Podcast. We are so glad you are joining us on our final study on the ABCs of the Attributes of God. Throughout the series, we always begin with a quote from A.W. Tozier that has defined the series from the beginning. What comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. This study was designed to make sure you have a right view of the one and only living God. Any other view means you are believing in another God rather than the real God and creator of all things. It is so important that we know God how he has revealed himself to us, not as we might believe him to be in our own limited imagination and understanding. If you put your faith in a false God, what good is that to you? If you put your faith in the true God, you will have more than enough for everything in your life. Today, we're going to talk about the final letter of the alphabet, the letter Z. God is zealous. Zealous is a super positive word that actually describes God. Do you ever think of God as ultra positive? When I was a kid, I remember seeing God depicted as a bearded man in the clouds throwing thunderbolts down at bad people on the earth. It gave me a picture in my little mind that God was like the super serious being, severe and strict, sitting on his throne with righteous indignation. That is why you need to study or restudy God's true attributes because so many of us have established opinions of God from when we were young. And now we need to have adult, mature and accurate facts about God. We need to grow up in our understanding of him. In the dictionary, zealous is a word that implies passion, enthusiasm, devotion, and dedication for something or someone. If you have zeal, you are willing, you are energized, and you're motivated for that thing or person. And that is the real picture of God's zeal. This zealous characteristic of God really sheds some new light on our view of God. Let's look at those seven descriptive words in this definition and how they relate to God's attributes and his zeal for us. So it's said that zealous means passion. God has passion. God is not uncaring, unconnected, and dispassionate towards us. God's desires for us are for good, not for negative. This should dispel any notion that God is just waiting for you to make a mistake to punish you. No, it's just the opposite. He's passionately waiting for you to do something good so he can reward you. He organizes your life to lead you to a place where you want to trust him and your faith will grow. This is his passion and zeal for you. The zealous definition implies that God is enthusiastic too. When I think of that, I think of like a cheerleader and a coach. Knowing he does these things for me with enthusiasm makes me feel like it's a pleasure. And it is a pleasure for him to work for my good. And it's not an obligation. God's zealous nature causes him to be devoted to his own. It is a strong, intense, fervent devotion. Because he's all-knowing and his thought about us are vast, we are always on his mind. He is completely devoted and will never leave us. God's zeal implies dedication, commitment, perseverance, and faithfulness. Think of how long-suffering and patient God was and still is to the Jewish people. He doesn't give up. His love is dedicated and unconditional, and he keeps his promises to the very end time. God is a willing, zealous God. 
Have you ever asked them a question? Would you be willing to whatever? When we approach God, he is willing. He is willing to hear our prayers, come to our aid, provide for our needs, heal our body, forgive our sins, and do anything that aligns with his will for us. We can freely approach him unafraid because he's willing. God is motivated in his zeal. This zealous great God who dwells beyond the universe condescends to come down and move in our direction. He is interested in every detail of our lives. He is not motivated based on anything we have done, but motivated based on who he is. Because of his nature of love and kindness, he's always zealous and motivated to bring us into the likeness of Jesus Christ. And nothing can interfere in his zeal for that goal for us because he knows that's what's best. Finally, zeal means God has an energetic zeal. From what we know about him already, he doesn't have to gear up to be energized. God is always fully energized and he never needs to recharge. If you look closely, you will see that God is very active in your life and you can trust that all of his energy and zeal is available all the time. How does God reveal himself as zealous through the word? Let's start with Isaiah 37, 32. It says, the zeal of the Lord will accomplish this. His zeal is in play and a part of his divine actions. Remember how we always state that each of God's attributes complement one another and are in agreement with all the others. Isaiah 42, 13 says, The Lord will march out like a mighty man, like a warrior. He will sit up. He will stir up his zeal. With a shout, he will raise the battle cry and will triumph over his enemies. God's zeal is there for us when we need him as defender and deliverer. Ezekiel 39, 25. I will be zealous for my holy name. Isaiah 42, 8. I am the Lord. This is my name. I will not give my glory to another or my praise to idols. God is unwilling to share his glory with any other creatures because he's zealous for his holy name. It is important to understand why God is so zealous for us. God's zeal is very serious. In Hebrews, one of God's names is Quana, and it is translated zealous, jealous, or envy. Exodus 34, 14 says, Do not worship any other God, for the Lord, whose name is Jealous, is a jealous God. Zealous and jealous are sometimes used interchangeably with a similar meaning and translation. And that leads us into the next section of how God reveals himself as zealous through creation. That God is zealous and jealous is best shown in the marriage relationship. God says at the very beginning when he created marriage that the two will be united and become one flesh. When a man and a woman make a commitment to each other in marriage, they are making a covenant before God that they will be faithful through all circumstances of life and will not redirect their love to anyone else but their original beloved husband or wife. They need to guard the relationship and I would say have zeal to maintain the union. If one spouse breaks the covenant, it's very painful, it's cutting into the heart, and jealousy can come into play. Zeal can be described as God's jealous love. He is jealously in love with his people, which means he's jealously in love with you. The fundamental meaning relates to a marriage relationship. In scripture, God is depicted as Israel's husband. God is like a jealous lover 
who is unwilling to abandon or give up his redeemed people. His passion and zeal is for them to be in covenant relationship with him. As in a marriage relationship, God is wanting all our praise for himself and no one else. He makes a commitment to be zealous and all out for our good, and we in turn decide to be 100% devoted to him and to love him with all of our heart, mind, strength, and soul. Exodus 20, 4-5 says, You shall not make for yourself an idol. You shall not bow down to them or worship them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God. God explains his jealous feelings further in the analogy of the marriage relationship. God made a covenant with his people in love. Because Israel turned to other gods, God said they had for all intentions committed adultery against him. God speaks sternly in Ezekiel 16.35-38 that this is a serious offense, very hurtful to God, and it breaks the covenant on their part. He says, therefore, you prostitute, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says, because you poured out your wealth and exposed your nakedness in your promiscuity with your lovers and because of all your detestable idols and because you gave them your children's blood. I will sentence you to the punishment of women who commit adultery and who shed blood. I will bring upon you the blood vengeance of my wrath and jealous anger. God was so displeased with the Israelites over their unfaithfulness that he sent his people into captivity for 70 years. Now, we don't often like to think that God hates sin as much as he does and that it angers him. But the Bible doesn't hide this jealous attribute of God. We much prefer to hear the verses when God is no longer angry, calmer, and merciful. God lovingly forgives after we have repented of our unfaithfulness, and then with continued zeal, he works to restore the relationship. In Zechariah 8, 1 and 7, it says, I am very jealous for Zion. I am burning with jealousy for her. I will save my people from the countries of the east and the west. I will bring them back to live in Jerusalem. They will be my people, and I will be faithful and righteous to them as their God. God always keeps his part of the covenant. And God has a right, because of his faithfulness, to want us to be faithful to him in return, just like in a marriage. In Romans 12, 11, it tells us not to be lacking in spiritual zeal, but God never loses his zeal for us. He keeps his covenant of love. We often think of jealousy as a negative thing. It can turn into sin for us humans. But listen to Paul as he writes to the Corinthians. In 2 Corinthians 11, 1 through 3, Paul says, I'm jealous for you with a godly jealousy. I promised you to one husband, to Christ, so that I may present you, the church, the bride, as a pure virgin to him. But I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, and your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. You see, in describing that God is jealous, there's no sin in his righteous jealousy. How does God reveal himself as zealous through Jesus? In one prophetic verse, it speaks of how God's zeal brought about the coming Messiah. Isaiah 9, 7, of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. 
God's zeal brought salvation to the world through Jesus Christ, and God's zeal will ensure its continuance for eternity through him. In another Old Testament verse, Isaiah 59, 17, it says of Jesus that he will put on righteousness as his breastplate and the helmet of salvation on his head. He put on the garment of vengeance and wrapped himself in zeal as in a cloak. All the characteristics of God are found in Jesus, including his zeal. All we have said about God's zeal for his name, his people, and his covenant can also be said about Jesus' zeal. Jesus proved his zeal by completing all the work his Father gave him to do in faithfulness and love. By definition, Jesus' zeal was willing, motivated, dedicated, and energized as well. Jesus is described as the bridegroom and the church his bride. In Ephesians 5.25, it further explains that as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her to make her holy, cleansing her by the washing with water through the word and to present her to himself as a radiant church without stain or wrinkle or any other blemish. Christ is the head of the church. He is zealously devoted to the church. And as described in the marriage relationship, we are to submit our lives to the Lord in love and devotion to him. How does God reveal himself as zealous in our heart? God is zealous for your heart. Did you know that? There's a battle, though, in this universe for your heart. Satan wants to destroy it, and God wants to restore it. Actually, God has already done all the work through his son to restore your heart. You just have to reach out and accept it. It's a free gift for you. God would love it if we had the same zeal as described in Psalm 69.9, which says, For zeal for your house consumes me. How different our lives would be if we were truly consumed in zeal for God. God is zealous and deeply cares that you think of him rightly. So let's ask our series theme statement in a form of a question. What comes into your mind when you think about God? Deep in your heart, what do you believe God to be like? Tozier says that once we know what a person thinks about God, then we might predict with certainty the spiritual future of that man or woman. Your answer is of imminence importance. Your answer to this question will show whether your view corresponds to the true being of God. Some may quote the Apostles' Creed, saying this is what they believe about God. But that can be a rote, surfacy religious statement that doesn't dig down into the specific beliefs of God's attributes, nature, and being. We need to find out what God says in Scripture about himself and compare our thoughts against that, because that's truth. It could be a painful, in-depth probe that you might find out that your knowledge is incorrect and that you have believed God wrongly for so many years and you've lived in accordance with a faulty understanding of him. For example, we could think in principle that we believe he is infinite, but in practice, actually, we believe that he's limited in meeting our needs. So we'll live out our years worrying with ulcers, depression, and feelings of hopelessness. When you have a right and noble concept of God, you can avoid a myriad of physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual problems. You can compare your problems against yourself or with other world sources, or you can compare your problems against a perfect, all-knowing, all-resourceful God. How elevated is your view of God? Do you have a high opinion of him? Is your view a view that God would consider as worthy of him? 
Is your view that he's good all the time? Is it a view that causes you to live your life in a certain way? What you believe about who God is will affect how you communicate God to others. You could be preaching and talking about a false God and and not actually know it. Low views of God destroy the gospel message. We need to make sure that when we teach our children about God, that we are passing on to them a concept of God that is of the greatest and highest level and that we live in the truth of our description of him. Do not diminish him in any way or question his goodness. Show them how God is personal and stretch them to believe that he is provider and faithful. In Proverbs 22.6, it says to train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it. Maybe the reason some children turn away from God is because they have not been taught about the accurate truth of all of who God is. They have watched their parents not pray to God for help or have not read the Bible for guidance. Their parents do not forgive others, and they find peace and rest in alcohol or drugs. They complain and worry about their circumstances instead of trusting God. They take God's name in vain, and they behave one way at church and another way at home. We need to take a careful look at what we really believe about God and his involvement in our lives so that we can share the gospel with credibility. What you believe about God truly is the most important thing about you. Since God has taken so much effort to reveal all of his wonderful attributes about himself through the word, through creation, through Jesus, and in our hearts, shouldn't we work with zeal to make sure we know him rightly? Living a radical life for Jesus means believing that God is zealous. If you know of anyone who could benefit from hearing about God's wonderful attributes, please share the information about our podcast with them. They can go back and listen to all 26 episodes on our series on the ABCs of the Attributes of God at our website, which is https colon backslash backslash radicallifesupport.buzzsprout, which is B-U-Z-Z-S-P-R-O-U-T dot com. We are listed on Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Stitcher. Download any of these apps and subscribe to our Radical Life Support podcast. Look for us every Friday on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. We would very much like to get your input on this past series. Could you please contact us via email at rickandrobinmo.com so we can forward you a short survey to find out what you like or recommend for improvement to upcoming episodes. All survey responders will receive a document with several verses for each attribute of God that you can use in your daily devotions. Again, email us at rickandrobinmo, that's one word, R-I-C-K-A-N-D-R-O-B-I-N-M-O-E at gmail.com to request a survey. Thank you so much. Your input is very important to us. Check us out in a few weeks when we start a new series on the attributes of Jesus. I'm really looking forward to the series. Talk to you then.